Your word says that some might trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. We will trust in you alone, O God. Thank you because, Lord, you have given us the privilege to call you Abba, Father. Your children are gathered this evening to feast at your table. Lord, we ask that as we open your word, let your word be opened unto us in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We ask, Lord, that you open the heavens over our head and you saturate this atmosphere with your Holy Spirit. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' matchless name we've prayed. And amen. Church, come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'd like to use this opportunity to welcome those that are worshiping with us or interacting with us online. Please put your hands together for those that are worshiping with us online. I pray that as the Lord ministers to those of us that are here present, the Lord will also minister to them in Jesus' name. We've been um, looking at a subject. On Sunday, the senior pastor took us through a subject of not our strength. Please, can you help me with the slide? He says, depend on the Lord, not on your own power or strength. And Zechariah 4 verse 6 says that message of the Lord to Zerubbabel, I am the Lord all-powerful. So don't depend on your own power or strength, but depend on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we all know that by now, that if we will rely on our strength, that we cannot go far. Praise the Lord. And I had once mentioned that the subject of self-made man or self-made woman or self-made human does not exist. People fail to acknowledge what the grace of God is doing in their life. And I'm sure you know that the grace of God has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. Some people have the benefit of the grace of God. It does not mean that they walk in the light of God. The Bible said that the Lord allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So no matter who we are, no matter what we do, we must acknowledge that what we do is only by his grace. Tony Elumelo, the chairman of his group, or is it the Tony Elumelo Foundation, the owner of UBA, he said that he, had, um, he was very diligent and also had a little bit of luck for his success. Hallelujah. You know, as Christians, we don't use luck, we use grace. Hallelujah. So sometimes they don't know how to interpret what grace is. They call it that they have just been lucky. Praise the Lord. We're not being lucky. God is having mercy on us. Hallelujah. But the previous Saturday, uh, sorry, the previous Wednesday, the senior pastor looked at a subject. He called it, many things matter. But what it is that really, what is it that really, really matters? And we took our text from Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Um, he read from the message translation, which read, God's kingdom is not about, it's not a matter of what you put in your stomach for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he says it right. Put it together and complete it with joy. I'm going to read the same, the same Bible verse from the contemporary English version. The contemporary English version of Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. It says, God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. It is about pleasing God, about living in peace, and about true happiness. All this comes from the Holy Spirit. I read again, verse 17. God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. It's about pleasing God, about living in peace, 
and about true happiness. All this comes from the Holy Spirit. And you wonder why the Lord was talking about the kingdom and talking about eating and drinking. Because it appears that what we know about God's kingdom, all that we know about God's kingdom is eating and drinking. And the entire chapter 14 actually talks about eating. If we read from verse 13, before we get to 17, he said, we must stop judging others. Verse 13 of the same chapter 14. We must also make up our minds not to upset anyone's faith. The Lord Jesus had made it clear to me that God considers all foods fit to eat. But if you think that some foods are unfit to eat, then, you, then for you they are not fit. If you are hurting others by the food you eat, you are not guided by love. Don't let your appetite destroy someone's Christ died for. Don't let your right to eat bring shame to Christ. And then verse 17, God's kingdom isn't all about eating and drinking. And he specifically mentioned three things. He says, it is about pleasing God, one. It's about living in peace, two. And about true happiness, three. And I've decided to title our interaction for today, The Trinity of the Kingdom. Praise the Lord. The Trinity of the Kingdom. It's about pleasing God. It's about living in peace. And it's about true happiness. Recently, there was a rumor about a recommendation that the, the government's salaries be increased. And I understand that it's to the tune of 114%. I don't know if it has been approved. I'm not sure uh, if that will proceed. But you discover that there's been a lot about a lot of consideration about what people eat. You tell yourself that when you go to school, when you get a job, what is it that you are looking for? The bottom line of what we are looking for is about eating and drinking. What we we'll eat, what we we'll drink. The clothes that we we'll wear, the house that we we'll live in. All those kind of things have to do with what we we'll eat. And you discover that the world system is always about what we eat and what we drink. And it crept into the church. Which is why, you know, the creeping started when the church discovered that a lot of church members were living in poverty. So there's an era of prosperity preaching that came and swept the church. So it seemed like the church had a lot of focus on what we will eat and what we will drink. And the fundamental things about Christian faith people pushed it aside. The fundamental things about God's kingdom was pushed aside. There was so much emphasis on prosperity. And you see how prosperity came, and then we started having a lot of greed. Recently, uh, my neighbor moved to Canada, moved his family to Canada. He lives in his own house. And I was sharing with my wife that um, he's been in this house for like, maybe five years, about two of them actually, not just one, two of them. One is about five years, the other one is about six years. They moved into the house, brand new house. And then both of them have moved to Canada. And I told my wife that, do you know how long it took for them to buy this house? Their lifelong dream was to acquire that house. And immediately, they acquired it. The need changed. Praise the Lord. It's not a bad thing. Okay, it's not a bad thing. But you see that man's want is insatiable. You can't, satis you can't satisfy it. You will always want something. We'll always want something. You've written jam several times because you want to enter school, you enter school. You finish school, you want to get a job, you get a job. You get the job, you want something else, you want to get married, you get married. You want to have a child. You want to build a house. You want to travel abroad. You would always want something. And the mistake 
that the church makes is that I don't care anything that happens around me. I just want to keep getting something. We pay less attention to what truly matters. And the scripture says that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about partying. It's not about satisfying ourselves, but three things that matter. Number one, pleasing God. And on that day, we had a conversation, and the senior pastor asked us, what do we do to please God? Do you remember some of the things we discussed? How we can please God? Do you remember on that Wednesday? Who can remind me? Some of the things we discussed about pleasing God. How can we please God? He asked that question. Can anybody help us? Remember what we talked about pleasing God? I remember one thing Pastor Obafemi, the ambassador, said. He said, coming to church. Coming for interactive studies. Do we remember that? That, that? that is one way to please God. Do we remember the other things that we discussed about pleasing God? I'm sure some of us were in that Bible study. Who would like to help us? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Some of the things we talked about pleasing God is offering ourselves to him. I'd like us to look at um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2. Dear friends, I'm reading from the contemporary English version. God is good, so I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. And one of the ways is that we offer ourselves as an offering, as a sacrifice to him. And one of the ways we discussed here on that day is to serve in the various arms in church, like you are in one department, maybe you are in the outreach department, you are in evangelism, you are in prayer, you are in um, hospitality, you are in any of those departments that can help us to be active and offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. One of the other things we also discover, uh, we discussed on that day is through our giving. Through our giving. We discussed that we should always identify when you come to church. You see something that is lacking, you identify and you give towards that project. And you don't necessarily have to announce. If you choose, some people renovated the, the um, children's playground and their names were not announced. Somebody renovated the car park. Some of the envelopes you have in your hands for offering... Some people actually printed them. There are different things that we can do. These, the laptop that they are using, even the keyboard, I understand that the choir bought the keyboard. These are some of the sacrifices that we can make. And that, those are some of the things that we can do to please God. Another thing that we can do, which is not usually very popular in pleasing God, is to be honest with ourselves. In First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 17, it says, but we are happy because everyone has voluntarily given you these things. But you know what is in everyone's heart and you are pleased when people are honest. Just being sincere is a very good way to please God. Having ulterior motive, either when you are praying to God or when you are relating with your neighbor, does not please God. And we have spent so much time talking about pleasing God, which is not what I'm going to dwell on today. I'm going to go straight to number two, which is living in peace. And I would like us to make this a little bit interactive. I would like to hear from us. Living in peace. We can live in peace in two ways. We can live in peace with our neighbor 
we can live in peace within our own selves. But I want us to talk about living in peace with others. What are the practical ways we can live in peace? Okay, I have one hand. Do we have any other person? What are the practical ways we can live in peace? Let's hear Ambassador. Put your hands together for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. To me, if I wrong somebody, or that person wrongs me, and I try to apologize to him, for example, now maybe uh, I say, Pastor Collins, I wrong you. Please forgive me. Why I'm seeking forgiveness is to have a rest of mind so that my, my mind will be at peace with you. And if somebody wronged me too, and if he apologizes to me, I know that person wants my mind too to be at peace with him. Mainly forgiving one another. Put your hands together for him. Forgiveness. Minister Salo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, dialogue and removal of assumptions. Okay. Because <laughs> assumptions have um, actually caused a lot of problems. Someone is looking at you. You may be talking to someone and the person is actually looking at you but cannot hear you because they have a lot on their mind. So you assume that, oh, the way this person is looking at me, this person is thinking something. You are not in the person's mind. You don't know what the, pe in the you are not in the person's head. You don't know what the person is thinking about. So, rather than assume, why don't you talk to the person and ask the person, oh, I was talking to you and you were absent-minded or this was, I felt this way because I felt you were looking at me this way. And give the person a chance to actually explain themselves rather than get angry and then draw irrational um, conclusions which will cause a lot of issues. Praise God. Thank you. Put your hands together for her. Perception. You know that you can say one thing clearly to someone, but you have absolutely no control how the person understands what you have said. You see something in one way, the person sees it a, a completely different, opposite way. I'm sure some of you have seen this video on communication on social media where somebody, everybody closes their eyes or they turn around and then you give somebody a sign and ask him to repeat the sign to the next person. Have you seen that video on social media? You ask him to repeat the same sign to the next person and there are 10 people along the line. By the time he gets to the 10th person, you discover that what you communicated to the first one is it's something completely different the last person communicated. So we say information is lost on communication. So most times, I always advise that when somebody says something to you and you understand it in one way that is not so pleasing to you, rather than take offense, ask the person, please, do you mean this? So that it's clear to you what the person is communicating. But you know the challenge with our time. It seems like we are so happy to get upset. It seems like some people are just looking for something to vent on. Or looking for someone to vent on. So we go through a lot in life and we look for a reason to transfer our aggression on someone. So when someone does something I'm sure many of us have neighbors. We have neighbors. And when we talk about living in peace, when you see a new person, the first thing that comes to your mind is, please, oh, don't trust anybody. Praise the Lord. Don't trust anybody. Don't, don't trust anybody. So when you are relating with him, relate cautiously. So you have a very long rope when in your relationship with that person. I think that we should learn to always give people the benefit of the doubt. Praise the Lord. 
I don't want to say too much. I'd like us to share. What else, what else can we do to live in peace? Minister Bright, put your hands together for him. Praise God. We should learn to forgive people in advance. So even before you go to a function or maybe a gathering, you should know that has, our faces are different. Even your daughter, even your son, your fingerprints are likely not going to be the same. So people's opinions are different, and you have to learn not to you know, come to the midst of people to expect that they should accept what you're saying. You know, I, I said something to someone that if you learn to treat what people are saying as their hope, sometimes the, what gets us offended is just people's opinion. And I illustrated that if you get angry at the federal government, for instance, and you decide to go to one part of the lagoon and wee wee in the lagoon, you know, it's such as you think you are offending someone, but the, the, some meters away, what you did there is just nonsense. It doesn't make, make anything. So you can be at peace if you learn to, you know, not take offense from what people say, but see it has an opinion, all right, and give them the benefit of doubt, like you say. So that helps you to be calm. Thank you. I know somebody had earlier mentioned forgiveness. Who else? Okay. Raven Church. Um, I think being able to tolerate each other is one we can live with, uh, live in peace with each other. No. See, we have different level of temperament or attitude. If we overlook some of these things, there won't be issues. So if we tolerate each other, we'll be able to live in peace. Tolerance. Tolerance. We, I'm sure we know what happened recently in Nigeria and the issue of tribe and how every discussion now, every conversation, some people will have to bring tribe into it. Recently, I saw one man talking about uh, on social media how a particular tribe, the Igbo tribe, how he hears them, and he's going to kill all of them, and he brought out his gun, and he showed it on social media. And I'm saying, why don't we want to tolerate each other? You know, sometimes I just wonder, some of these people, have they even smelt abroad before? Because if you cannot tolerate your brother here, and you call the white men, they're not even white, Americans are not white, you call, and they call you black, and they, and they are racist against you, and you're offended that they maybe offer a racist comment. We don't tolerate one another. There's something that we try to do in our office. Majority of us are Igbos. And because we're Igbos, we want to try to integrate some Yorubas into the system so that it does not look like an Igbo company. <laughs> Hallelujah. It doesn't look like an Igbo company. We have to create diversity. You do a mixture of men and women. A mixture of black and white. A mixture of... <laughs> a mixture of everything. Short and tall. Fat and slim. A mixture of everything. You know there are some, some agencies that have a specific criteria of the kind of people they want. That is okay. That's understandable. But we must tolerate one another. We must not always agree. Praise the Lord. We must not always agree. We don't have to always agree to be together. Sometimes when I see the way some people vent, I say, are you even married? <laughs> Because if you are married and your wife or your husband do something to you, what will you do? <laughs> what will you do? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Your wife has not made you angry before. <laughs> or your husband. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What will you do? We must learn to tolerate. Tolerance is something that is lacking even in the church. Praise the Lord. You wanted to say something. After Minister Tobay, you give it to uh, Praise the Joy. Lord. Hallelujah. So, in my office, we always have this meeting and on Monday morning, we call it strategic session. So, this, month, this last Monday, we had um, anger management. And um, after we finished, I promised myself that um, I'm not going to get angry again. You know, it said, um, people that God wants to destroy, 
are the, they are the ones that always um, get angry. And um, that's the reason why that, do we realize that turtles always live for close to 200 or 300 years? And he said, why? Because whenever you press the head of turtles, all he will just do is he will withdraw. He's not going to talk. But um, if you look at um, lion, they said they don't live more than 16 years, 10 years. The male lion don't live more than 10 years. Because why? The, the, the level at which they, they grown and, you know, could not allow them to. And I always say that. I always tell a lot of married women, if, they, if we are gisting and we are talking, and they tell me, I say, eh, woman, way, no fear, overlook, no go stay for husband's house. Overlooking things, it's not because we are not upset. It's not because that thing doesn't um, make us irritate us, or, but overlooking is meant to happen. And creating space for one another, creating space for offenses. Bible says offenses will come. There is no way that offenses will is not possible, because even the tongue and the teeth. There are times you will just ask yourself, you will bite yourself, and so people, ah, am I eating? I have to bite myself so painful like this. It happens, but we should just overlook because we offend God on a daily basis. When somebody offends me so much, so much, and he pained me, I just say, ah, but you too. Even today, as I was coming, I've lied. I said, I will not lie. I tried not to lie. I was coming down from, from my car in Oshodi, and all of a sudden, police just gathered. They said, a private car, commercial, um, official cars, they don't allow it to stop in Oshodi. I said, see, my leg, they pain me. <laughs> So I had to lie. They let me go. But I was not telling myself, but you say, so I, we, I offend God. So it's not possible for me. Let's just try to overlook and forgive one another. Praise the Lord. I think um, if you also want to live in peace with your neighbor, you need to learn how to mind your business. A lot of us don't mind our business. <laughs> we like, you know, prognosing into things that doesn't consign us. So we really need to learn how to mind our business. Praise the Lord. Please, Somebody. to add, or I don't know what to say, but... If I mind my business all the time, how would you know that I'm concerned about you? How would you know that I care? <laughs> it's actually a question, please. No, it's a very valid question because I wanted us to go into that as well. But since she has asked it, but okay, let's have um, Susan. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so, um, related to what Sister Sheila said, yes, minding your business. It was the first thing I said to Dara Simi. I was me say, okay, maybe. I said, just mind your business, the one that pays you, right? So, but um, another thing we can do to live in peace is to um, be teachable and be able to teach people. Now, not everybody, everybody is not equal. All fingers are not equal when it comes to intellect. Everybody is not equal. There are things you know the next person doesn't know. The, the person knows you don't know. I mean, some people will display ignorance. You also will display ignorance. But we have to have the mindset to be teachable and also be open to teach people the things that we notice that they do not know so that we can align and live better. Thank you. Some of you are very excited when you discover that this person does not know this thing and you know it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you discovered that? I'll tell you something that happened in the last uh, couple of days that I... Does that give you peace of mind? <laughs> You're asking if it gives you peace of mind. Huh? Ah, some people, it gives them very, very, very exciting minds. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something happened recently. There's a young lady... We love the way she works in my office, and we're looking for how to promote her. 
And uh, she, did, she had a fantastic performance in the last quarter. And we felt that we needed to improve her uh, allowances, incentives. And so I communicated something to her. And that something would reflect more benefits, you know. But unfortunately, she did not understand it. She thought that we're reducing her earnings. I'm not sure why she saw it like that, which is why when you talked about perspective, I, I, I can you know, relate to that. So she sent me a voice note. And you can imagine that you meant somebody well and you spent time discussing how to improve the person's package. And you did, and you communicated it by chat. And then I was expecting, oh, thank you, oh, God bless you, oh, oh, I'm a, you know, the management, everything. And then I got one voice note, oh, my God. <laughs> voice, you know, I, I was, first of all, what I was thinking was, how did this person gather liver to talk to me like that? <laughs> I was just seeing why she did it. I, I was saying, is it that she really didn't understand what I communicated or even... Maybe she's not sure it was me she was talking to. In fact, I just could not understand how that message came. So I sent it to somebody else, one of my colleagues in the office, who could relate to her more easily. Somebody that might understand that. You know, sometimes you can be up there, you don't understand these people, they don't understand you. So sometimes the way you communicate, the understanding is completely different. So I sent it to him. And he read it, he, just, he was just so surprised. So he called her, he recorded the conversation and then sent it to me. So I didn't want to respond to her yesterday because I, I was upset, not angry with her. I just did not understand why she would send that message. So I had to wait. If I had responded, maybe it wouldn't have been where I waited till today and he spoke with her. So I called her and told her, that, don't worry, I'm not angry with you. I just realized that you possibly did not understand what I communicated. So I explained it to her. And you know, sometimes... Um, when your subordinates react in a certain way, the first thing that we do is to punish. But it's always good that you just turn the table a little bit and then see how the person may have received what you communicated. Sometimes it might not always apply this way. But let's not be very quick to judgment. Let's always turn the table around. And then by the time I explain to her, oh my God, she, she was so sorry. I'm very grateful. Because we even said we wanted to employ more people that would report to you. And she was, I'm not sure how she understood it. She was, you know, putting a hedge on that so that it does not happen because she was thinking that when we employ more people, this will be a threat to her job. Whereas we were trying to make her a supervisor where those people could report to her. But she... And I thought we communicated it well, but apparently she did not understand it. Hallelujah. Minister Salo wants to say something, and then we have Irene. Praise God. Okay, I just want to react to the question, uh, to what the statement that Minister Sheila made, that if I don't, um, yes. if I mind my business, how would you know I have... There are two levels of minding business. So. There is one that is apoco. Is not in... Please, is explain. Not, I know apoco, doctor. Uh, but I don't know what apoco... The person is not... Um, the person is not... Is not in your face. It's not in your interest. It's not in your interest. Okay. The person just wants to hear gist or just carry your gist or just oh. want to know the true story so that all... They make what is not their business, their matter, and carry it on their head and spread false information. Okay. That's one level. That's a proco. Yes, that's a proco. Serious a proco. <laughs> I'm not sure, sir. <laughs> that's a Nigerian word. <laughs> ah, it means to just be poking nose into. <laughs> a proco, poke, poke nose. Poke nose. <laughs> <laughs> poke nose. Ah. Pastor Yomi has nailed it. But the other one, if you really, truly want to show concern, you will go to this person. The person will see the sincerity and the genuity. 
in you. And sometimes you need to have some sort of level of relationship with this person. Because if not, they may not accept it. They may actually think that you are trying to, you know, um, get, find out things about them that, you know, you are not supposed to know. So we need to use a lot of wisdom, really, in trying to get into other people's business. If it is out of love, you need to use a lot of wisdom. Sometimes you may need to go through someone that is close to them, just like what you did. So, and there is in the Bible, oh, mind your business is inside the Bible. I have read it before. So, the level of minding one's business, we need to really understand apply. the two levels. We need to understand the difference between a proko. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, my wife has always tried to advise me. Honestly, I, I have this thing that makes me genuinely concerned about people. So forgive me, I asked too many questions. Pastor Steve have said to me that I'll be surprised if you, if you didn't ask this question because you know I would always ask. I don't, you know, people bottle things up so much and the person that could help you is just next to you. And I understand why you don't want to share because some people are just a proko. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some people are just a proko. So you don't, you don't know who a proko is and who the apropos is not. So you want to hide. And, and my wife has always told me, please just mind your business. Okay, if somebody is not looking for you, don't look for the person. Don't ask too many questions because you are asking too many questions. It's say you are putting on your head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so the, the kind of say we are carrying is don't ask too many. Oh, how are you doing? Fine. Please leave him at fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just leave him at fine. He says he's fine. What, what is your own? I say, but he does not look fine. You know? So, please, um, I think that we should try to, like Minister Fuller said, that we should try to understand. If we must ask further, you either go through someone that is close to or make the person know that you are genuinely concerned about the person's trouble. Okay, yes, you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, one of the ways... We can live in peace with others is um, by loving the person. You know, the Bible says that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. And um, who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is not just somebody who is seated beside you or who is living close to you, but anyone who will be affected by your actions. Praise the Lord. So we... We have to love our neighbors. We have to love the people around us because when you love the person around you, you're in, if you love yourself, you will not want to hurt the other person because you're loving the person like yourself. And another point is, um, like in the workplace or any other place, you need to exude um, high level of emotional intelligence. Praise the Lord. You will not say emotional intelligence and leave us in the dark. Tell us what emotional intelligence is. <laughs> so you should be able to handle your emotions. For instance, um, Minister um, Tope talked about uh, anger. So you should, if somebody hurts you, if somebody wrongs you, you should be able to um, know how to relate. For instance, in the workplace, there um, should be reporting lines so you know how to address such issues and you control your emotions as well. Thank Thanks you. Put your hands together for her. She talked about love. I want to mention something about love, loving your neighbor. Um, in church, I see a lot of people market what they sell, right? And then a church person wants to buy from someone. And in your mind, you are telling yourself that you are doing him a favor buying from him. But when you buy this product, you don't pay. <laughs> you don't pay. Or even, even though you have the intention of paying, you delay one, one day, two days, three days. And you say, no, he knows I'm going to pay him now. He knows. He knows I'm going to pay. He knows I'm going to pay. After all, I, I, I was just doing him a favor. I'll pay him at my convenience. Praise the Lord. If you love your neighbor, if you buy something, please pay. <laughs> pay. 
Don't waste time. If it's possible for you to do it right there, do it. Don't let the sun go down your ointment. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how. Oh, okay. <laughs> But the person wants you to patronize them. And you say, I don't have the money here. And I don't have money now. Mm. Uh. Is that one too? Okay. Oh. <laughs> As in, I would tell the person, I don't have money. I would tell the, the month end, I don't have money. To when they pay. So I would tell the person, okay, you want me to buy. But I don't have the money to pay you now. And the person is saying, just buy. Pastor's mic is there. Give me a second. Okay. Somebody is selling something. Yes, sir. Uh huh. And you tell him, I don't have money, but I want to buy. And the person says, go, go ahead. Why didn't you tell the person when you will pay? Why is it open ended? Justice denied. Justice delayed is justice denied. Okay, I think I'm just. Um, I, I, I can I, I can give tentatively. Okay, it can be this day. Use, use the mic. I can say okay, it can be this day. But you know, I think it's even out of love to say, ah, stop don't go now. Please just carry. Don't leave me now. Because for me, I don't. I don't. I won't. I don't collect personally. I won't collect till when I know I have the money. Even Ashok. Um, Ashwebi, I don't, if you bring it, but you see, pastor, if they bring Ashwebi and you say, I don't want to buy or I don't have the money now, it's enmity. Eh? Yes. Now by force? Yes. Because it would Show me like... the person. Show me the person. Is the person here? Is it Pastor Steve? Or is it Susan? Or is it you that asked me? So Ashwebi is by force. Well, thank God I'm a senior pastor. Nobody can try that with me. But my, my point is this. Love your neighbor as yourself means that if you agree to buy something from somebody, there should be a timeline that you offer to the person. And if it does not make sense to the person, the person can decline. But sometimes people have left this church over a business transaction. I wasn't there when they did a business transaction. Somebody gets offended and says the church is not good. I say, how? Who was there when you did the transaction? Now, if some people are so clever when they don't want to pay for something, you are not that person. When they are open-ended about when they are paying, it's deliberate. So that when you come and ask them, say, but I didn't tell you any date. I beg, I beg, I beg. The box of conflicts, they've eaten half of it. They say, do you want me to return it? <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Put your hands together for him. Thank you, sir. But I'm saying this, I want it to be clear, okay? Some of you already know me. If I don't want it, I won't buy it. There's no amount of, uh, please now patronize me. Except I, I just want to support you. I might not even use what I'm buying and I pay and go. But I will not collect it and not pay you because I don't want it. I, I cannot, I don't even know how people do that, but I can't. And if I collect something from you, and there's a timeline to the payment, heaven knows I will cut the time by half and pay you. Heaven knows. Because I want to go to heaven. And it's the little things. It's the little things. <laughs> little foxes. It's the little things. It's not that you did one mighty evangelism. 100 people came, gave their life to Christ. It's not that. It's the little things. It's those little things. We must genuinely love. And when Joyce was talking about your neighbor, it's not just, your neighbor is that person you are going to buy something from. In the market. I remember I went to buy fuel one day. And... I, I'm not sure why I had to transfer. I can't remember whether the POS was not working, so I transferred. And the person did not receive a lot. And he said, I should not worry. You know, sometimes when they look at it, they say, don't worry, go. And I left. And I discovered that I was debited. And I discovered that 
the thing returned. Hey, in my mind, oh my God, I have put this person in trouble. And it was COVID period. The next day, I ran there. I ran there. I took a pack of, my wife was selling cornflakes at that time. Cornflakes packs, these foreign ones. So I took a pack of cornflakes and ran to the filling station. And unfortunately, he was not around. I said, please, can you communicate to him that that money I transferred reversed? They said, oh, yes, you are the one. He mentioned it. I said, please, can I pay? I paid. And please give him this as my token of apology that he, the fact that I just put his mind troubled, I had to apologize for that. It's, some of you say, ah, don't worry now, it's, um, he understands, maybe any t- when I pass that side again, when I pass that side again, we, we need to change our heart. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says that we should allow God to change the way we think. We cannot act like the people of this world. I saw somebody raising his hand. Okay, um, to Minister Sheila and uh, Minister Bright. Okay, um, I have three points here. Um, in line with forgiveness, I think we should learn to give people a second chance. You know, just because someone offended you, like she said, just because she told the lie today, doesn't necessarily mean under the same circumstances she's going to tell the same another lie again. And then, secondly, we learn we should learn to make excuses for people as well. For instance, let's say I'm passing by here and then I trip on someone's feet. And the person just goes, are you mad? You know, the best thing you can actually, oh, she didn't do it or he didn't do it on purpose. By so doing, it, uh, it lessens the anger and the aggravation. And then the third one, sometimes we should also learn not to read too much meaning into words. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of the four ways I think that can really help you to be in peace with people is not to expect so much from people. You should just assume, you should just know that something can go wrong. And so in that way, and, and I also see sometimes if you come to people, I do, I'm a teacher, so when I come to a class to teach music and then I have every time, every year, new people come and they are talking. I would not at any time pose myself as if I know everything. Sometimes the people you are teaching actually know something. And so you don't get offended. I like this church also that the leadership of this church does not pose themselves or don't pose themselves as if they were gods. So if you don't expect, you should expect that. What is happening to you, you are also human. The pastor standing there is human. And that will help you to be calm when things go wrong from behind. You don't expect that this is we are all human beings. You know. Hallelujah. You know, Minister Sheila mentioned that we should learn to give somebody, people, a second chance. I had said something like this here one time, some time ago, about a staff I used to have and how the staff stole from me. And then what I did was, when I discovered that he stole, I, I told him, okay, no problem. What I'll do is that you will repay the money that you stole, but I will increase your salary. So I increased the salary by like 5000 And then I said, you'll be paying 5000 5, So who is paying the money the guy stole? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the one, I'm the one paying the money. So I did it. After that, guess what? He stole again. So somebody in church came to tell me, see, when somebody shows you who he is, believe him the first time. <laughs> so when Minister Sheila was saying, you should always give people a second chance. And I think that we can. Something happened to me recently. The AC of my car got bad. So I called someone and he fixed it. He charged me some amount of money. Serious amount of money I paid him. And he left. And you know what? Guess what? After two weeks, it got bad again. I called him, he came up with one long story and fixed it. Guess what? I paid him again. After, <laughs> after a few days, he got bad again. I called him. Guess what? Another story. And he fixed it. I'm not talking of small, small money here. 
And I paid him again the third time. Guess what? This one did not last two days. He, got, he went again. He called me. I told him, Oga, it's time for me to arrest you. <laughs> I gave him more than two chances. I gave him three chances. <laughs> ah, I said, no, no, no. That you will fix it. I don't want the details. You see all those stories you used to tell me? I've paid you three times. Am I correct? Did I argue with you? Some of them, I even added more money. Am I correct? He said, yes. I said, this one, I will not pay you. <laughs> and do you know that I could not sleep? <laughs> I could not sleep. I don't know the kind of person I am. <laughs> I could not sleep. I told him to fix it, and he kept begging. He fixed it, and he kept begging and begging I should pay him. I said, I will not pay you. I drove home, but I was driving, and I was saying, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy. <laughs> You know, but I think we need to be like that. When you discover people are taking advantage of you, you need to stand your ground. Amen. And guess what? I still paid him. <laughs> I shouldn't have, right? <laughs> Pastor wants to say something. Pastor is angry with me. <laughs> you shouldn't have. I mean, come on. You know what? It's leadership. Leadership, there's what you call tough love. If you don't stop it, that's why he keeps on doing it. Do you understand? Uh, and I'm looking for a, a scene like that. You know, if you don't... Um, there's a part in the Bible which says that um, you give somebody up to the devil for the suffering of the flesh. Uh, we give you up to Satan. Do you understand me? For the suffering of the flesh. You know why? If you don't do it at that moment, that guy is going to do something greater. Look at the guy you said stole. And then you are giving him 5,000 naira. What for? Do you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, it's part of leadership. It's like, your, if when, like when you smack your child, it's not that you are necessarily happy about it, but for reason of discipline. Please, don't forget that this God we are talking about is a consuming fire. He's the same one who loved the Israelites so much, but when he turned around to deal with them, he dealt with them mercilessly. So please, don't let's do that. We must always, that kind of person, he will come into your office with all his, um, what do you call it? Um, equipment. You seize his equipment. <laughs> Simple, there's nothing. Honestly, that's, you know, put your hands together for him. You know? Yeah, he might oh, was... I'm happy. Oh. <laughs> Jeremiah talk. I'll let, talk after. Please that. give Jeremiah the give mic. It, give me the mic. I was just saying, I was just sitting there and saying, lie, lie, not Malta. It's not possible. This thing just happened to us about last month. The guy did it like three times. And we go back, he's still saying the same thing, saying the same thing again. So we got somebody else. And when we got there, the guy, the man just said, okay, this, that, 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 that. And he fixed the thing. And the car was okay. So along the line, one host was not what the man did entirely. So when I just got there, he checked, he said, no, it's not possible. Because even by then, the car was, my guy was complaining, this car is too, too cold. Uh, we reduce everything. I mean, we're everywhere. Still, the cold is too much. So God, I went there. So now, ah, okay, so was that boss. Right there, that is sorry, he bought that hose. 7,000 naira. He bought another gas. Those gas. He filled it three. So I was, in my mind, I wanted to give him, okay, let me from my own. He said, no, 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 no. That this is the first time he's doing something for us. That's, please. Yes. And that was how we left. So when he was, when you were saying, I said, I said, like, like, Maokake, it's not possible. Because even me, me, I know the punishment Malga will give me. <laughs> I know the punishment Malga will give me. So it's not possible. You know, um, that's why I say I thank God sometimes for pair. You know, if it's my wife, you don't even, the second time, you keep fixing it until you get it right. So sometimes those combinations are good. I just, like I said, that is me. It's not an example anybody should follow. Otherwise, you make a lot of people keep misbehaving. But I think the bottom line, okay, senior pastor wants to say something. Um, 
In 1 Timothy 5 verse 20, 1 Timothy 5 verse 20 says, Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear. If you basically tolerate and, um, what's that word? You fund people's bad behavior by giving them the money, they will never change. So, this Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness. So, there is a place, you are very soft-hearted. That is good. I would rather you be soft than to be mean. But, thank God for your wife. She's your balance. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you another scripture. Um, the one about committing... Um, First Corinthians, First Corinthians five nine, five five. First Corinthians five five. Ah, Pastor Steve, uh -huh. Uh -huh. A lot of people are going there from here today. Start, okay. Start from verse four. Verse four. It says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they will kill the person here but first, wait, physically. That was, that, that was some harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I have okay. to admit, some harsh. Me, I just want to discipline him, but not for destruction. <laughs> There's actually a place for discipline. But the, I'm, sure, I'm sure we understand the balance, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, awesome wants to say something. No, but let's clap for Pastor PCN for being an angel and a saint. <laughs> I'll deal with you if you come to me. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, um... One of the ways to be at peace, to live in peace with your neighbor, is to be at peace with yourself. Because the, the truth is that you can't give what you don't have. If you are a troubled person, anybody that comes that your way, you give the person trouble. So you just have to sort yourself out. If you're able to sort yourself out, then you can make peace with other people. That's one. Then number two, know your boundaries. You know that this thing will hurt this person. And that is what you will do. Know your boundaries. I think these are the two things I want to say. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Actually, awesome took us to the third point. We said that the Trinity of the Kingdom, one is peace with God. That is our relationship with God. Living in peace, that is our relationship with our fellow brother, man. And the third one is true happiness, which is the relationship with ourselves. Relationship with ourselves. If we do not deal with ourselves, we cannot relate with man. We cannot relate with God. And I'm going to um, play one video. I think it's just a minute video. I'd like you to just help us play this video uh, by T.D. Jakes. And then we will read a scripture and possibly close from there. The reason you keep getting defeated is not because of what they are saying about you. It is what you are saying to you. Your enemy is enemy. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. I'm going to try it for the people in the back. Your enemy is enemy. It's not outside of me. It's not what they said about me. It's not what she threatened me with. It is not what Jezebel said that's killing you. It is what you are saying to yourself. She is an image in your head. She is a threat in your thoughts. She is a what if in your psyche. She is a possibility in your reasoning. Have you ever run from something that wasn't even tangible? Just a thought in your head? A 
suggestion of possibility and ideology that is driving you nuts. What if? What if I don't make it? What if I don't succeed? What if I don't win? What if I'm not enough? What if I don't have it? What if it's the loan in the pool? What if we lose the house? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? What you believe about you isn't true. Hallelujah. Every day you wake up and you talk to yourself. Praise the Lord. You know, we are very good at talking to our neighbor. Many of us are very good at talking to God. But we miss out the point of talking to ourselves. True happiness comes from within. It's not what ambassador did that is making you unhappy. You are an unhappy man. Have you wondered why you see some people, you see the senior pastor, every time he's smiling. Look at Ambassador. I don't know if I've ever seen Ambassador unhappy. Or Minister Omotayo. Maybe she has been unhappy to you, but anytime I'm with Ms. Minister Omotayo, have you noticed that we are always jumping and, and smiling and laughing? All the time. Everything is not from without. That unhappiness you feel, that that joy that you think has been taken away from you is from within. Nobody has the capacity to put joy in you or happiness in you. We can give you money and it's not enough. Do you know that? It's not enough because you're unhappy. You think that getting married is what will take away your sadness. You get married, you make the man or the woman miserable because you are an unhappy person. You look for a reason to be angry at this world. Look for a reason to always be happy. There's a translation I would like us to read. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The good news. It says, the only source of true happiness is the Lord. All of the things you receive in your life that gives you happiness are because you believe in God. If you want true happiness, look up to God. And tell yourself as you wake up every day that you are happy. You look at the foil. You cannot afford the 45,000 naira. That's what I buy now, full tank. You can't afford it. Please enter bus and be happy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you look at your food. You look at your food. There's no meat. There's no fish in it. Please eat it. And be happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, in recent time, everything has gone up. So when I open my food and I didn't see fish or meat, I see egg. I understand what my wife is saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I eat it and I'm happy. If I want to do something about it, I know what to do. Hallelujah. So always be happy. Always be happy. We cannot allow the enemy to make us sad. You want to stop us from coming to church and you want to make for a 1,000 naira. It's okay. We'll still come to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll still come to church. Man can only do enough. Recently, we increased salaries for everybody because of the, the hike in the field. And do you know what? Some people are not happy. Some people are not happy. Yeah. It's not enough. And unfortunately, the, the revenue of the company dropped by 30%. But we increased salary. But they're not happy. And somebody is telling me, what about you? I said, no, but it's, it's okay. I can't even imagine that the company can do this. So I think it's okay. Praise the Lord. My time is up. I'd like us to rise up on our feet. God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. 
It's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with our fellow man. And it's about relationship we have with our own selves. I'd like us to begin to pray and ask the Lord, please help me that I might live in peace with my, in peace within myself and within the people around me. That I might have a formidable relationship with you and that I might live in peace with myself. I'd like us to pray and trust God that he will transform our heart. Romans chapter 12 says, and let God change the way you think. Lord, I pray that you take away our heart of stone and give us the heart of flesh and pour clean water upon our spirit. Change our hearts, O God. Make it ever true. Make it ever new. That we might be transformed daily in your presence. Father, I thank you because our fellowship with you will be renewed by the day. And this will be reflected in the day, in the way we live our lives. And people, the Bible said, that, let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Cause that our light will continue to shine, that people might come to you because of the way we live. Blessed be your holy name. And Father, we thank you for the revelation of your word and thank you for the interaction that we've learned. Cause that these new teachings will remain in our hearts and transform our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Lord. In Jesus' matchless name we've prayed. Church, can you put your hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah.